It is necessary to investigate before legislating. But the line between investigating and persecuting is a very fine one. Now a man is seen walking towards the officer's SUV, but the deputy's SUV investigators tell us it seems the suspect was going to pass them, then turned and fired multiple shots while the two were parked. multiple locations that have been burning in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Madam Speaker, my colleagues, my fellow Americans, I rise to support the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. As far as the allegations of the CIA hacking the Senate computers, nothing can be could be volatile, and I'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in Moscow and that the Russians taped it and have leverage over him. And now, here's CD Media's host of Information Operation. Welcome back to Information Operation. Today we have Brent Beecham, uh, United States Air Force Academy, class of 1986. Happy to say and proud to say my classmate. He's a F-15 driver, flew in the first Gulf War and uh, many other adventures after that, which we can go into at another time. Uh, welcome, Brent. Thanks for coming back. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. So uh, Brent is also a founding member, as I am, of the STARS group, which is our group of academy service academy graduates and uh, we have close to 20 f retired flag officers in this group now. It's grown to uh, approximately 1,500 veterans across the United States in the last couple of weeks since Colonel Lohmeyer's video came out and, uh, and the whole issue with his book went viral. So I thought, well, there's a big announcement today uh, at, the, at the Academy. Um, and Brent, I didn't read the, the press release real close. Can you want to go over that real quick of uh, what happened? Yeah, it, it was uh, it was announced that they were going to at the academy uh, try to figure out how to address transgender uh, bias in the military, and you know, and again, this was specific to the academy that the academy's the academy was going to have to now have some sort of curriculum that the diversity, um, uh, the uh, Dr. Loomer's the. Uh, or Looney, I guess, is the uh, director for diversity at the academy, and he's presenting some sort of program. And I just thought to myself, you know, here we are. We just kind of addressed the BLM video, and I thought we were really making some real headway. And here we go again. And you know, mm -hmm. it's one more time, one more offense to stick it in our eye. Instead of building warriors, we're 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 building social justice warriors, and this well, is it's divided, it's division. I mean, you know, we've spoken about this before in our in our time in the military, and we've got a little feedback here. But um, we we didn't care what color your skin was; uh, we just cared if you had our back. And now we see all these different strains of uh, you know ways to identify us and separate us, identity politics, etc. And I think that's the real threat to the U.S. military. Um, so 
where do you see this going? I mean, what's your opinion? You know, you and I were back at our reunion, our 30th reunion, and we were shocked at the changes at the Academy and, and since the stars group was formed. But um, what are your thoughts on the whole issue? Well, you know, as you pointed out, it's another way to continue to divide. And I had written a paper that was, I think you published mm-hmm. um, maybe a month ago that, that talked about integration of the military in 1949. And really it was the vanguard of integration in the United States far in advance of civil rights. Uh, you and I grew up in a, in a world that civil rights was never technically an issue. I mean, I was born after the civil rights laws were, were uh, uh, put in place. So we've never known institutional racism mm-hmm. in our lives. And to, to now we're beginning to, again, trying to find ways to divide ourselves up into little pieces. You know, yeah. everybody's uh, hyphenated something. And, and this is just one more attempt to begin to, uh, you know, crack that, that unity in the military. And again, I, I, you know, you and I um, faced, um, you know, challenges in the military, which we looked left and right. And we said to ourselves, we don't care who's in that cockpit. We don't care who's sitting in that seat, you know, for others who's sitting in that foxhole, are they qualified? Do they, are they going to protect me? And, and this is one more attempt, again, to, to interject something into the military that just doesn't have any place. And I, I don't understand. It was it's uh, apparently it was like one of the top um, Biden objectives when he came in day one executive order number, whatever, that mm-hmm. he said, we're going to have you know transgenders in the military. And not only that, we're going to pay for it. And yeah. I, I just I don't see the I don't see what the end game is. I mean, why well, you see what the end game is but I don't see what they're, what the justification is. Yeah. So I have a question to me, it seems we, which we've discussed often, this is a real uh, threat, existential threat to the nation. We're going through a real Maoist cultural revolution type situation you know, Colonel Lohmeyer wrote about that eloquently, eloquently in his book, irresistible revolution, which has caused a firestorm in the department of defense. And he was relieved of command, but what, I'm of the opinion that military officers now need to realize that we are facing a domestic enemy, even in our own ranks. And those who want to ignore it or those who just want to get promoted uh, are literally betraying their oath. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, and and this happened in Turkey um, when the the last time the military stood – in, in defending the, their republic, the Islamists decided that the only way that they could ever win was to infiltrate the military and the ju- uh, judicial departments, the police, because that wasn't something that they ever really um, were involved in. And, and, and in the end, in this, this attempt uh, a few years back, uh, the military was split, and that was just enough to uh, to defend Erdogan against his uh, his military, who was going to come in and basically institute uh, a you know a secular republic. Well, I think that's the same uh, the same objective here is that they never had inside the military. You didn't find uh, a large population of you know uh, transgenders or um, or gay 
or whatever. I mean, so I think what's happened is that now is if they can interject that into the into the military mm-hmm. and they can force enough of uh, enough people who are saying to themselves, you know, I'm just not going to hang around for this. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Well, it just now it further increases the power of those people. So the Marxists, the, the leftists now mm-hmm. gain proportionally more power. Uh, within the in the military, so when it comes time to defend the republic against domestic enemies, if it's if it's in fact that, mm-hmm. or even international enemies, I mean, who who's going to stand up to China? You know, the, yeah. the I, that's what I don't understand. Is that it's not the objective of the military to get involved in social, you know, um, engineering. Social, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So cultural Marxism. I mean, Marxism Marxism itself is the the uh, practice of dividing and creating envy, uh, you know, the Bolsheviks were the classic. They they created envy uh, from the, the serfs against the aristocrats. And, you know, maybe there was some justification for that, but it it ended up destroying the Russian Republic for 100 years. Right. They still haven't dug their way out of that because it just leads to massive corruption and violence and, frankly, evil and control by a certain elite. I mean, communism is nothing but control by an elite and a, a way to control the, the masses. And so cultural Marxism is using cultural issues like LGBT to do that division. Um, so it's definitely a concern on the military. I, I think this is on purpose. I see it all being driven by China. Um, I just wanted to talk to you real briefly about this and get something out because it's important. Our academy is important. You know, people say we criticize the academy because and and we're being bad graduates. I would say the exact opposite, that we are, uh, you know, issuing the clarion call that something's really wrong and needs to be changed for our beloved institution. Yeah, I I mean, I got to tell you, my for me personally, um, I was not the ideal cadet uh, on graduation day. My my officer commanding uh, told me I had to get my hair cut, and I you know <laughs> so I, mean, I was that guy. But the academy taught me how to be a warrior. It taught me things that I needed uh, to hear in mm-hmm. my military life as a, a combat pilot, and then and and in my uh, civilian life, I've faced adversity and thought to myself. Just one more step, kind of like Hell Week, just one more step if I can just keep pressing forward. If mm-hmm. the academies are not there to, to create warriors and to keep, create uh, a system in which people um, internalize that uh, love for their country and self-confidence in, in, them, in themselves and the ability to overcome obstacles, we're doing a massive disservice to our nation. And if we – if and we're getting to the point now, five years on from the time that you stood up and said, uh, General, with all due respect, um, you know, what are the feelings had to do with, you know, being a warrior? And, mm-hmm. and, and five years later, nothing has gotten better. In fact, it's yeah. gotten worse. Yeah. So, so real quick, I, I want to do a series of, uh, you know, people may not know, but at the service academies, there used to be a, a system called the fourth class system where the freshmen went through a really tough um, year it wasn't hazing, but it was a lot of pressure to attention to detail, you know, memorization, uh, physical, mental pressure, um, and that is what you're talking about. And one of the issues with the academies and what the Stars Group I hope addresses is to reinstitute that fourth class system, which has been, you know, just destroyed by all this woke stuff. I mean, what we have now is not what we had when we went through. And I know that's a cliche, but it's it's definitely true at this point. Do you have any examples or personal examples of how that affected you or or gave you a skill set that you used later in life? 
Yeah, I mean, we faced um, some personal financial um, issues back in 2008. Uh, mm. I was heavily involved in real estate. My family mm. lost literally everything. Mm. And, I, and I thought to myself, you know, I, I could just give up and roll up in a ball and be depressed. Mm-hmm. And instead of doing that, I, I, I said, look, it's been worse in my life. I mean, mm-hmm. I've faced more difficult physical and mental challenges. I remember that probably the one thing that I learned in Hell Week was that if you think your limit is there's some theoretical limit you think you have, that really yeah. is, is your mental limit. Your physical limit is way past that. So in order to match up those two things, you had to go past your mental limit to the point yes. where I can no longer uh, deal with this. And then you went, Oh, I'd actually got another gear left. And I found yeah. that gear in my life personally, when, when they, I said, well, okay, we got to rebuild. I mean, we started over from scratch, literally started over from nothing. And, and, you know, uh, the same situations were found in the military, uh, in flying in combat, you know, they're, Obviously, there was additional training in my life, uh, mm-hmm. the academy, but but the things that led me to be able to persevere through, um, you know, through combat missions and to walk out with confidence uh, mm-hmm. and trust in myself started from the base that came from the academy. Mm-hmm. You know, I uh, again, I, I wouldn't uh, ever hold myself up as the ideal cadet, um, mm-hmm. but it that had nothing to do with anything. It was the things that, that were taught to us. And, and it was the importance of knowing that that you have uh, the ability to go beyond. And, and again, it was how can you swear an oath to a, a constitution if you don't believe in it and you don't think it's it's a righteous jo- uh, document? How can you uh, stand up and defend a country that everyone says is evil? And, and, uh, and that's where we're at now. And I, I'm, I'm just about just about tired of hearing about it. And yeah. this was one more, one more nail in the coffin for us, for the Academy is, is this kind of nonsense that comes up again. Well, the, the, the group uh, learned about the academies is stars.us S T A R R S.us is the website. You can sign up for our newsletter. And uh, we do want to have uh, some older graduates on who went through Vietnam. Uh, many will say that their fourth class year got them through six, seven years in the Hanoi Hilton as a prisoner of war in Vietnam, North Vietnam. So we do want to do a series on this. But thank you for your time, Brent. And uh, we look forward to Appreciate having it. you back at some point in the future. Take care. Sounds good. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye.